We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. This is the Bart Winkler Show. Hey, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave a review. Got a ton of great reviews August and September. And like one since. And that one was like, yeah, it's all right. Which is fine if that's your review, but I don't want it to be the last review that shows. I do have a re- uh, review of the Milwaukee Panthers. Woof. Buzz your girlfriend type of performance. Man, they went down early. Sort of felt like, okay, this might be it. They crawled back a couple times. There was one last gasp late, but they're going to get bounced from the Horizon League tournament. And not get that bid. Bart Lundy, uh, friend of show. The Panthers program picking up more steam. Milwaukee dropping to 21 and 11. Hey, this team was picked, what was it, ninth? Very low in the horizon and had a really good year. And I think that, you know, maybe some local kids, maybe some kids in the region are going to say, I like what they're doing there. Uh, I want to continue playing hoops. That'd be a good spot to do it. This is certainly a year that will help. Fans got reengaged. I think the Black and Gold Club hasn't, like, cared about this program in 10 years. Uh, there was watch parties. So alumni are proud of it again. And that's that's what you want to see, you know. I think for a lot of people, when when sports aren't major, like I talk about lacrosse a little bit. I'm proud I went there, a great city. But there was one time they almost made the D3 championship. It's fun to root for your alma mater. It, it's fun to do that. That's the place you were. Now the people in those same hallways, in those same uh, quads, in that same shitty cafeteria, they're they're competing for titles. So it is a bummer to see, but big things coming for the program. Uh, that's that's the curse of the Horizon League. And to Bart Lundy's credit, I, I did ask him about this earlier in the season. I said, "Would you like to see the tournament expanded?" And he said he actually said no. That 68, they got it perfect, and he wouldn't want to mess with that. But also, it's not like more mid-majors would get in. Milwaukee wasn't going to get in at large. But even if they were like 28 and 5, they'd still pick one of the one of the crappy Big Ten teams that are going to get in when they should it. Uh, Nothing. I was insinuating nothing. I was insinuating nothing there. Also in basketball – the big controversy from our show yesterday was corrected. The NBA has revoked Giannis's last rebound. So remember, we did half a show on if the 
<laughs> if Giannis deserved that triple double or not. According to Zach Lowe, the league has rescinded Giannis's tenth rebound and thus his triple double. I wonder if because uh, you could bet it, the betting was like plus nine hundred on a trip dub. I wonder how books handled that. They probably paid out. League rules say that for a field goal attempt to count as official, the player has to shoot with intent to score a field goal, i.e. trying to make a shot. So that makes sense. Now, don't lump in Giannis with Ricky Davis. Ricky Davis did it at his own bucket. Giannis, at least, was right under the bucket that they have to score on. So it feels like it's a rule that makes sense. I want to shout out Trey Crosby. And I will say this. If you're going to listen to a particular station I'm not fond of, uh, Trey's show is great. Your T's and Q's. I think they moved it to Thursday nights at this point. Trey says, so wait. Intentionally missed free throws don't count as shot attempts and rebounds now either? See? There's always, when you when you have rules, rules branch off of those rules. It's a rule tree. It makes sense, but now people can be like, well, what about this? I had a perfect free throw. I was going to be a 40, 50, 90, but I missed that one shot on purpose to try to get a rebound. That shouldn't count. Interesting. But everyone that was mad about Giannis can uh, can settle down. Okay? We all good now? Uh, by the way, I thought that Jokic, seeing that, would have been motivated to dominate tonight. He uh, sucked ass. 17, 9, 17, 13, and 9. So he was one rebound away from a – or 17 – yeah, 17, 13, and 9. One assist away. I played him in DraftKings. I had a really nice DraftKings lineup, except he tanked it. Look, if I'm paying 12000 for a guy, I need more than 48.75 points. Thankfully, Dame stepped through. I'm going to win my money back. Goodness gracious. I, I had a nice little bankroll in DraftKings, and then I just – Blew it all on these Rainmakers packs for PGA. One of you guys, I forgot who it was, told me you made bank off of the NFL. And I don't like Rainmakers on DraftKings because it takes me a whole different site. But whatever. So that happened. And then uh, the Celtics lost, which was funny because Grant Williams said, I'll make them both. He missed both free throws. And uh, Giannis got his triple-double taken away. We have a lot on this show. This is like the most smorgasbord potpourri show that we've ever done there's something for everybody god i hope so there's something for everybody we're talking basketball now okay i'm gonna play an interview with cody rhodes i put this on youtube monday i'm very happy with it i thought you know for talking to a guy for 13 minutes felt like we could have talked longer but he was on a tight schedule and it was great because he he came in early, so I got a little bonus time with him, which was it got me to get one last question in there. And then he uh, talked about how they actually are making Stardust merch. So my whole Tuesday today, those of you that wonder what I do all day, I'm going to be scouring the wrestling dirt sheets, hoping that someone picked up one of my articles and aggregated it and then linked back to my YouTube or, or to this audio podcast. So, Cody Rhodes. So, here's what's on today's show. Cody Rhodes. Then, Evil Mark Murphy. Then, 
an interview with Evan Drellich about baseball. There is something for everyone, I would hope. Plus basketball now. If there's a part of the show you don't like, each segment's about 10 minutes, just skip a DD. And that's why the podcast is so great. You listen to it on your time, and you listen to the parts that you want to. One of your favorite, least favorite guys pops on one of my lives. Just go forward a few minutes. That's what's so great about it. All right. uh, Before we get to Cody Rhodes, I do have a voicemail here from Captain Jake, a UWM alum who called late Monday night. Kind of bummed about his squad. Here's Jake. Hey, Bart. This is uh, Captain Jake here in Bayview. And uh, watching this uh, Panthers game, uh, 2006 EWM alumni here, and got it on the ESPN2, and boy, oh boy, this is bad. Just not what I've uh, heard that they've been playing like, and uh, I guess there's not much else on, so I'll keep watching, but not a, you know, they're getting run out, you know, not looking good, way too many turnovers, uh, there's 12 minutes left, and I have no faith. So, I don't know. Give them a shot this year. This is the only time I've watched them, and glad I don't have to do it again. All right. Uh, catch you tomorrow. <laughs> 93-80 the final. Cleveland State will be playing the Vikings of all team for Horizon League title. Cody Rhodes is going to join us right after I tell you, I remind you about happyplacehemp.com. Happy Place Hemp is a very friendly business. Two gentlemen, Rob and Chris, set out on a voyage. They said, how can we get the CBD and THC products to these lovely Wisconsin residents and more when to feel any sort of joy, they either have to have a hangover the next day or drive across one of the terrible borders that keep Wisconsin shielded from these wackos in these other states. So they have created some of the finest, best-tasting gummies you will find. CBD, CBN, I take those for night-night. THC, the THCOs. The Delta 8s, Delta 9s, I take those for yee. And you can get them discreetly sent to your house by going to happyplacehemp.com. You can visit them, College Court, Muskego, or go to happyplacehemp.com. I've got a promo code. It's BART, 25% off. And that promo code is good every single time. Every time. I think that's pretty, that, as Miley Cyrus would say, that's pretty cool. Uh, I've had that song in my head all day, Flowers. She's a very good singer. And pretty, but what does it matter? All right. Cody Rhodes, Bart Winkler. A promo exchange for the ages on the Bart Winkler show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us is Cody Rhodes, the road to WrestleMania. It has a stop in Milwaukee, Saturday, the 18th of March, Pfizer Forum. Tickets, of course, WWE.com. Uh, WrestleMania coming up the 1st and 2nd of April. I don't know at what point in your life you ever thought you'd be doing media for WrestleMania again. How is just this experience for you? Uh... <laughs> Somebody asked me last night, I was actually Tyson Kidd, we were at the live event, and he asked me, he goes, how long were you gone? Like three years? And um, I said, nope, almost seven, almost seven years. Um, And what happens in that period of time is you naturally do think, oh, I won't won't be back. You know, this, my life has changed and gone in different directions and heading up this other company, I I won't be back. Um, But then how things work out showing showing up last year at WrestleMania. It was so clearly obvious that this, maybe not to me, maybe to everyone around me, like it, it was so obvious. Oh, I, I have, I had to come back. I had this is it's unfinished. Um, now the terms that I, I came back on and in, in terms of, I was, it was very warmly welcomed. And that's what surprises me the most, you know, doing media for WrestleMania. If I wasn't, here doing it i'd probably be in another company talking about a show that's on wrestlemania weekend anyways just because it's the combination i always said that even when i was away it's the biggest thing it's uh i encourage all my students at the nightmare factory to find a way out there everybody to get on a show do something just because it's the most love we have as wrestling fans i mean it's the super bowl sure but it's just takes over the city and what a good city to be doing it in you know to be out there in hollywood the west coast so, yeah, I didn't answer your question at all, but, you know, uh, I, I, I'm happy to be doing the media for WrestleMania for sure. My questions are irrelevant. I just want insight from you on <laughs> whatever. I think what's, what's interesting, though, is that, you know, you're doing the – it's a main event. It's you and Roman. And the path to becoming a main eventer is different for everybody. Roman got it pretty early, and then the fans were not accepting of him mm-hmm. uh, in a way that maybe – he should have been. And now 
the bloodline thing has been amazing. Sometimes the strap gets thrown on a guy and it doesn't work out. You know, sometimes your journey, there's, there's no journey like yours because no offense. And you've said it, but Stardust was not going to be wrestling for WWE champion. Oh, no, but your journey has been so different, but I think the way that you've approached it and it just, this character that we see from you, which is, it seems like it's you. It just seems like it's the most, it's the most like payoff that there could be for you to get to that point. Well, it's, um, it's always funny sometimes when you, when I'll hear somebody, I mean, when we're out there, yes, I, there's a nature of us that that's, that's the character we are, I suppose, you know, I don't walk around in the, the Homelander cape all day or anything like that, but it's very much just me. Uh, it's a, I, I remember talking to triple H about that. It's a huge responsibility an unbelievable privilege, but also it's a burden to a degree that I'm, this is me. So if you're really into me, Oh yeah. And if you're not like, Oh my gosh, um, it's, it's very, uh, more than anything though, it is a privilege to be able to be myself. And, um, I tell people, are you a star Wars fan? I'm more of a Marvel guy, I guess. Okay. I understand the universe. Same roof. So, um, so, you know, last Jedi is this very polarizing modern star Wars take. And, uh, I, I love it. I thought it was wonderful. One of the reasons I like it the most is there's this interaction between Yoda and an older Luke. And that's where Yoda hits the line that, uh, failure is the greatest teacher. And that might be the reason I like that movie. And it's personal. Whereas everyone else is looking at all these other things. They don't like that moment more than any is very descriptive of, of looking up at the lights, a lot of nights and not just looking up at the lights and giving up, looking up at the lights and learning. How do I avoid this? What can I do? I'm smarter than this. Uh, I used to say that all the time. I'm smarter than this. How do I progress? And uh, I was able to have the greatest teacher, which many times was failure. And it's led us to this point where the last thing I want to do and really the last thing I can do is fail at, at this, at this juncture. And with a mountain like Roman reigns in front of you, it just creates a really, I couldn't ask for a better experience in terms of, uh, yeah, sure. I wanted it long before, but this is the time, this is the moment and, and what a perfect opponent to have. Well, and I think the, you're saying finish your story. I think since you won the rumble, what I think has been the best moment on the road to WrestleMania is when you were in the ring I mean, you were just in there with Roman, but with Sammy. Yeah. I thought that was great because your story was great. And then obviously the injury. Yeah. Sammy becomes the story. Mm -hmm. And I, I like in the wrestling universe where everyone's got their program, but you guys are all in the same place. It's like, it's okay for things to intersect sometimes. Sure. And for you to be with Sammy and for him to have the doubt and for you to say, finish the story and Sammy's story isn't necessarily the title where I feel yours is the title. When did, like, how did that come about? Cause I really think that, I mean, yeah. your reaction has been incredible. Sammy's has been incredible. People got what they wanted. I think out of the Sammy Roman match yeah. at chamber, but I just think that, you know, it could have been some hijacking here and there from the crowds, but it hasn't been. You guys have just done yeah. so well with this. It ha You know, what's funny is, uh, you know, one thing you can't deny in the inner, you know, sports entertainment, the pro wrestling game is noise and numbers. These are the two things that I always noise and numbers. And what surprised me was when Sammy's unbelievable noise, unbelievable numbers myself, I was very lucky. 
unbelievable noise, unbelievable numbers. What surprises me is that anyone looked at that in a like this could be tricky. To me, uh, hats off to Triple H and to Ed Koski. I don't. I know everyone likes to be anonymous, but I'm going to say hats off because I wanted to. Let's see. Let's. Um, let's. Oh, he's doing exceptional, and he's on his way to his hometown to potentially be my WrestleMania. Yeah. Let's 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 find out, and let's find out in a market like New York City, uh, where where if you truly if you make it there, you can make it anywhere. That's a very app uh, description of it and i just kudos to everyone who who made it happen because i lo- i loved that moment and, you know as a kid going growing up watching wrestling i loved when the I, I don't know if this is the proper term but when the good guys were good guys together right the good you know yeah there's tension behind the scenes hell yeah it's awkward hell yeah there's money involved and stuff but if the fans love you and they love him put them together you know like don't don't run from that and no one ran from it and i thought that was really special and it also made it clear two different stories two different stories uh yeah. one's one has uh been enthralling viewers on both brands and is unique in terms of human nature and emotion the other one a story about a title belt you know dating back to 1977 just a really uh it's one of those situations where things can go either way and i like that fans uh Fans deserve a little bit of spontaneity, a little bit of, oh, I didn't think they'd do this. They absolutely deserve that. One of my favorite moments. Oh, I loved it. I, I'm not, you know, blowing smoke. I think it was it was just such a riveting moment. You say title, you're going after two of them. Yeah, two belts. We can say belts. I don't know what we can Greg, you getting mad if I say belts? Greg's fine with belts. He's cool with it. They're belts. I they said strap before. Was that bad? No, we're good. I think we're all – I think we're all – I think we're <laughs> – I think okay. we're safe. Yeah, they keep sure. a pretty close watch on me though with me, with yeah. media because every now and then I'll just get wild and say something that's just such a clickbait thing. So I'm really trying to yeah, mind. give me some of that. I'm trying everything I can just to just <laughs> look straight ahead, just get to the finish line, show up in Hollywood, see everybody, have a good time. And when we're on, on the way there, we're going to Milwaukee. Milwaukee on the 18th of March. Again, tickets, WWE.com. You can also get them on the Pfizer Forum website. I got a good Milwaukee story. Let's hear it. So um, the fans were right there by the gate in Milwaukee, in the spot, and this right where me and Bob Holly pulled up. They're cheering, and they're all sweet and nice. We got out of the car. They're talking as we got out of the car. And I think Bob was trying to be funny. But, it, you know, I respected Bob a great deal. I still do. He was actually far more helpful to me than I ever let people know. So thanks to Bob Holly. But he jokingly dropped his bags, and he said, bring my bags in like in front of the guys. And I thought about it, you know, he's the veteran. He's my team, you know, my tag team partner, but I just couldn't do it. I, I thought, no, I think the test is I don't bring the bags in. And uh, we just stared at each other and all these fans were just by the gate. Like what is, what is happening? And then he goes, Oh, I'm just kidding. And he grabbed his bags and he went in. But for a minute, I was like, is Bob Holly about to knock me out? In the show started early. Is are we about to have this right here in the parking lot? And man, like, is that what I signed up for? You know, that would have been a good story for the book. But yeah, I've uh, every time I pull in that parking lot, I'm thinking about Bob and those bags. Hindsight, maybe I should have just taken them in. Good guy taught me how to work out a little on the road. I don't know. Then you don't have the story. Very true. So last thing, I want to. I love what's going on. I, I think 
I think everybody, everybody across all of the all the companies are hitting a stride right now. Mm-hmm. I do want to see, and I'm not saying I want you to if you win, I don't want yeah. you to lose one. I want to see these titles separate again. Would sure. you be a champion that that fights with them separately? I think um, what it will take for the titles to potentially be uh, separated is, I mean, this happened in boxing years ago in the '90s. Is maybe whoever's coming out of WrestleMania. Obviously, I want to talk to you in the most confidence in the world that it's going to be me. But maybe who who leaves after leaving WrestleMania? I think it's a time when perhaps management can step in and make that call. Uh, so that you never put it on uh, potentially me or potentially Roman Reigns to say, I want this one more than the other. Of course, the thing that I want my hands on is the WWE championship. It's the one that that pop never got. But um, I think it would take someone telling me, hey, we got to go this way. Both brands need a title just because once you have them, I mean, the dude threw him down in front of me the other day and my my I felt my heart jump. You know, just for real, how sincerely I love these these title belts uh, that I've never touched. Um, yeah, I'd, it, it'd be, I think that's a good time for maybe management to step in. And if they did, I'd be all about it. It's, you know, the shows and the shows that are going to Milwaukee that are, they're making the rounds on the live events. The title should be present on the live events. I'm out of time, but I would say defend one is Cody and defend one is Stardust. Oh my gosh. So they're making a spoiler <laughs> for you. Here's me talking out of turn. They're making new Stardust figures and stuff like that. So they're getting pretty loosey-goosey with Stardust. And I'm waiting to be like, all right, pump the brakes, guys. This was also professional rock bottom, you know. But, hey, if it can make some money now, why not? Cody Rhodes, thank you, man. Thanks, brother. Quite a crazy experience to talk to Cody Rhodes Monday afternoon and then see him come out with John Cena on Monday Night Raw that night and then uh, get involved later on. So, Awesome, awesome, awesome to talk with Cody. I thought he was great. Uh, it, it, was, it was just great. I'm, I'm very excited about that. So I uh, hope you're able to, to catch the full thing. Um, you know I love doing these podcasts. You know I love it. And uh, you know I love talking. You're not, you're not getting out of this one without a little reminder. I want to remind you about our friends at Omaha Steak. Omaha Steak. Before I get into Omaha Steak, can I uh, bitch about something? Now nah, finish Omaha Steak. Just it's thirty dollars off with the code Bart. I mean, you know how much I love Omaha Steaks by now, right? And I don't know why I just pronounced it Omaha, just there, but I did. Tenderloins, filet mignons, the boneless chicken breast, the jumbo franks, the burgers, the tartlets. They've got their semi-annual sale going on. They chop like 50% off the price of what the meats would normally be standalone. And then you get another $30 off at checkout with promo code BART, omahasteaks.com. I love Omaha Steaks. I don't love, look, I've been in a two-month battle of trying to figure out if I was going to acknowledge this or not. Every YouTube video I put on, everyone, Sir Pep comments either, Night's Gourmet Popcorn or buy you some Night's Gourmet Popcorn. Every time. And I don't know. I mean, I understand that I sang a song on the fan and it'd be, you got to have Night's Gourmet Popcorn. What are we doing? Is And I, so I've been just like, I'm not going to acknowledge it. I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to say anything. But it's driving me nuts because I get emails. 
on YouTube comments. Because YouTube can be a dangerous place. Actually, YouTube's been like the friendliest platform I've been on. Everyone's always like, oh, yeah, nice, nice stuff. It's been very friendly. But Sir Pep, you got to knock it off, man. It's driving me nuts. Driving me insane. Also driving me insane. Here's the thing. So a couple of quarterback notes that happened in the NFL on Monday. Not uh, ones that I think I would disagree with. Certainly things happened on Monday that I've been talking against happening on my shift on, on CBS Sports Radio nationally. I think the Seahawks should draft a quarterback around five. They're at five. I think should they should take a quarterback. Geno Smith, my argument was you're in a position where you're never going to be again. You got the you got the number five pick. And if Geno Smith is your quarterback the next few years, you'll probably be eight and nine, nine and eight. You know, maybe a really good run, 10, 10 wins. Geno has earned after a long journey getting a big payday. I mean, nobody. I think I think everybody wrote him off, wasn't it? But for sure, he did not write back. So, I mean, I'm so happy for Gino. I like Gino as much as the next guy. I think, though, the Seahawks at five, because what happens is there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. There's a lot of teams that get stuck with quarterbacks. I argued, and we can talk about this on this show another time, but I argued there's only seven teams in the NFL with a franchise quarterback where they wouldn't trade the quarterback for anyone else. Now, the caveat is they would probably all trade for Mahomes. But Mahomes, uh, Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Lamar, Trevor Lawrence I put in there, and then Herbert. Those seven teams, like the Eagles could call the Chargers and say, Hurts for Herbert. The Chargers would say no. But the Chargers could call the Eagles and say, Herbert for Hurts. And the Eagles would say no. And I think Trevor Lawrence deserves to be in there. And there's some other guys like Dax kind of on the fringe and maybe Pickett's that guy, maybe Fields is that guy. But I thought the Seahawks might have had a chance to draft a franchise quarterback and they're going to go Gino, who, again, what happens is you get a guy that's not a franchise quarterback, but then just good enough. And you know that there's 20 teams that don't have a quarterback and suck. So that's why the Vikings pay a bunch of money to Kirk. That's why the Cardinals pay a bunch of money to Kyler Murray. That's why the Giants are going to pay. Daniel Jones, it looks like. So I, w- I if I was the Seahawks, I would have drafted a quarterback. Now they might still do that, have him sit for three years. Uh, but what kind of what kind of team would do something that stupid? And then do it again. So Derek Carr goes to the Saints, and I thought the Jets should have got Derek Carr. I don't think the gap is going to be that big. I understand the gap between Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers career-wise is uh, as wide as the – Grand Canyons, whatever. It's wide. But how are they going to play in 2023? If the Jets get Rodgers, I don't think he's going to play that much better than Carr would have there. I guess we'll find out. If I was the Jets, I would have just stayed with Derek Carr and paid him but not given up a bunch of uh, like assets for him because they don't have to give up draft picks. He's a free agent. The Saints are automatically winners of the NFC South to me unless – the Panthers or Buccaneers or Falcons do something crazy. I think the Saints, I tweeted this, that the Saints got a home game in the playoffs because of that move. Well, Derek Carr's not good enough to win a division. Derek Carr's good enough to win this division. NFC South is going to be pretty, pretty bad. And whichever one of those teams signed Derek Carr, I would take as the favorite to win the the South. What are are the Panthers going to win 10 games with Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't think so. 
So I guess I think Derek Carr's, but I, I think Derek Carr's good. He's like, I don't know. He's in a very Kirk Cousins mold, but I, I think there's still more potential for DC, as I call him. Um, but then the Jets. Okay, so this was the this was the I, I don't get it. I, I I honestly don't get it. And sometimes you just like the process, okay? Sometimes you like the process. Like with uh Marvel movies. I told Cody Rhodes I like Marvel. Just I slipped that in. Um I like knowing everything about everything. I read all the trivia, I read all the updates, I read all the oh what's what I, I like everything about everything. And so you could say, well, Bart, why doesn't it ruin for you? Don't you just want to don't you just want to see the finished product? Why why read all this stuff about Secret Wars or Ant-Man or uh, what's the other one coming out? The Marvels. What's the big one coming out? uh, Guardians 3. Why try to read stuff on that? Just go see the movie. And that's a fair point. And what I'm saying is why all the, why all the twists and turns with Rogers? So when I, when I want to make a point, I always try to look at it from the other side, but I truly don't get it with Rogers. And I'm talking about like, I, I see, I see like five, 10 different Twitter accounts in my head. Monday morning, Derek Carr signs with the Saints. So here's what all your favorite Packer bloggers should have done. Gone on Twitter, said, Derek Carr signed with the Saints. Hey, that means the Jets are still in the Rodgers game. Could be interesting. Maybe one more thought. Maybe like a stat about salary or trade or whatever. Every time I open Twitter today, and it's a lot, but these same people found a new tweet on the same nothing. Rodgers was a dominating story in the NFL on Monday. He didn't say nothing. No one did anything with him. Derek Carr signing with the Saints means Rodgers' top story. I just want this to end. I don't want I, do, I don't want to look. Like if you follow someone for Packer, and now I'm doing it. And now I'm going to play a voicemail about Aaron Rodgers. Because I love voicemails. 402-915-BART on the Carl's Place voicemail line, carlofet.com backslash Bart. They've got golf simulators. Guys, what they can do with your golf, what they can do for you, customize it. You can look and there's some things they already have. If you've got just you like a tight space, like every time I do this show in my basement, I'm looking right at a perfect, perfect height, not too big. The ones that me and Toby were on were massive. Those are available too but they can really customize it for you. Carlovt.com backslash Bart. Here is a voicemail I got on Rogers from a couple days ago. Hey, Bart. Um, got a quick thing to say about Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Um, you talked about when did you stop liking Brett Favre? The minute he put on purple. That's it for me. After that, it was over, done. Nothing else could bring it back. Since then, I still feel the same way. Maybe I guess I hold too much of a grudge. I don't know. But for the Aaron Rodgers part, when did I stop liking him? I guess I haven't. Um, I think he's weird. (laughs) I think that some of the stuff he does is off-the-wall nuts. But if he's wearing a green and gold jersey and helping the Packers win, I support him. Um, I would be fine if they decided that 
you know, mutually, let's part ways and be done with it. At that point, whenever he goes to another team, I might be like, oh, yeah, you're all right, you know, enjoy it, you know, whatever, a little bit, um, and then would 100% be behind Jordan Love. But I have not stopped liking Aaron Rodgers, the Packers quarterback, but Aaron Rodgers, the person, has been annoying me since, I don't know, the stuff went through with Schefter back um, a couple years ago. At that point, you know, when he was like, oh, I'm done with you, and da 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 whatever, that part for me was it. So, mostly about the time I really started to tune in to your show. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird how that happens sometimes. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I got you got that little voice in your head every day telling you not to like the guy. I've been with you for a long time. I would always tell people when I did radio hits, I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers guy, but when he's got that jersey on for those three hours, like I just I'm so thankful he's my quarterback. He's so good. This year he wasn't that good, and I think that next year, I I, I don't want to be the quarterback. It's not going to be fun. They're not going to win a Super Bowl, and the team's going to be worse because he's going to bring his friends back again. I'm going to be the one to quietly say this, and you can laugh at me if you want. But this is this is a take that I do believe. I haven't been very vocal about it. I think that Amari Rogers could have been good if used in an offense with Jordan Love. I don't think he ever got a fair shot. He was a terrible returner, should not have returned. They kept him in too long, truly, truly buried him. But Randall Cobb did not need to come back. I remember that one fun game he had, but truly, uh, Amari Rogers. It was very good in Clemson, him, ETN, and Lawrence. I love those three. They always won me a bunch of money on DraftKings, and by a bunch, I mean $10. Uh, and I, 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 do, I, I did think that he played pretty well in Houston, and I, I, I think Amari Rogers should be back. Or I think he's going to be good. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I do not know. All right, so one more, uh, well, a couple more things. We're talking Packers here, aren't we? We're talking Packers. There's a uh, segment we haven't done in a while since we're talking Packers. I want to reintroduce you to Evil Mark Murphy. A fun thing that we did on the radio show, at least I thought it was fun, was we started taking Mark Murphy's Murphy Takes Five column. Murphy, of course, the president of the Green Bay Packers, once a month. He has a column where he answers five pieces of mail. Could be emails, letters, uh, fake emails. God, who would do such a thing? But we started to read the answer that was given by Murphy in the column, and then evil Mark Murphy would translate it. It is exactly like the Barack Obama translator Sketch on Key and Peel. Uh, if you want to call it a ripoff of that concept, fine. That is neither here nor there. So I will read the email and read Murphy's answer. The first email came from Chad, and this is month. This month's columns published on Packers.com. First Saturday of other every month. Chad's from Tarpon Springs, Florida. He says, when watching documentaries of old NFL players, the game used to promote violence especially in the 1950s and earlier up to the 1990s. You won by hurting the opponent literally. Though, as Vic once said, violence changed voluntarily is noble. 
Anyway, the point is, there's an exit. Is there an existential crisis for the NFL and football at large? I would say yes, but I'm not in the league office like you are. I do not have Roger Goodell's number on my cell phone. So that was the email that came in to Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy's response was, you make a great point, Chad. The league has definitely changed its tune when it comes to hard hitting. I remember when I was playing, one year the league's promotion was Feel the Power, and it included several bone-crunching hits. With all the concerns about safety of the game, the league can no longer promote violence, and over the past decade, we have put a huge emphasis on making the game safer. All right, so reading you the email and then Murphy's response. Uh, Getting to the next one. This is from... Wait a minute. Just where do you think you're going, Winkler? You're not going to let me read the email? Let me respond to Chad. Chad wants more violence in this league. Chad, may I remind you that three months ago, a young player was almost killed in one of our sporting events, and that was a non-contact play for the most part. May I remind you that the minimal, the minimal amount of contact that happened where we almost lost DeMar Hamlin, and you want more violence? What would you rather have, Chad? Would you rather have a league that over-penalizes guys 15 yards because the quarterback got a boo-boo, or would you rather have a league where people are dropping dead because we're playing gladiator style like your bones used to watch when you were a infant? You fucking moron! We almost had a player die, and you want more violence? What would you rather have? 15-yard penalties or try to justify to your kids while you watch a sport where people are dropping dead every third offseason. You stupid piece of shit. Judging from the tone of this email, you'll probably be dead anyway. So what do you care? Next! Oof. We are back. All right, next email. This is from Tim in Hudson, Wisconsin. First of all, I'm a huge supporter of the Packers and appreciate the franchise that we own. I'm a green package ticket holder and just saw the ticket prices increase for 2023. I have no problem with the pricing, but my question is, why is the price per ticket for the gold package $139 when I'm paying $148 a ticket for the exact same seat? Seems as if the pricing is leaving money on the table. Thanks for your time. Uh, Mark says, thanks for raising this issue, and respectfully so, Tim. The core issue here is that our regular and preseason tickets are priced differently and that the gold package has two regular season games and one preseason game, and the green package has six regular season games and one preseason game. That was Mark's answer. Tim, Tim, Tim. Ha, ha, You piece of, I don't need to swear just because I'm on a podcast now. You piece of crap. Be shit. Get over it. So you're paying a few bucks more for a ticket than some of the people driving up from Milwaukee. Okay. They got to drive all the way up here, spend money on gas, 
sit I ain't sitting traffic in Kakana for a half hour and you're mad because you're paying nine more dollars a ticket than them? You're not, oh, are you real cute? You're leaving buddy on the table, Packers. You people in Wisconsin, you just want to deal. I'm surprised you even pay more than $100 for these things. Oh, I can get two tickets for 15 bucks plus a promo code plus BP seats. You sons of bitches hate paying money. That's why all your homes look like shit. I'm Mark Murphy. I'm rich, bitch. More aggressive. A little more aggressive than Mark Murphy on this new fl- uh, platform. I don't know if I like it. This one's from John in Milwaukee. John emails Mark Murphy, says, I read the NFL is considering banning the hip drop tackle. What the heck is a hip drop tackle? Murphy's response. Great question, John. I had not heard of the term hip drop tackle until recently. The hip drop tackle technique involves a defender holding onto the hips or upper body of the ball carrier and lifting his own legs off the ground, dropping his body weight onto the ball carrier's legs or feet. It's a rugby term, can be very dangerous. It's been banned in rugby with a motion similar to the horse collar tackle. Patrick Mahomes and Tony Pollard both suffered injuries due to this tackling technique this year. This will be a topic discussion at our league meeting in March. We're all for the same reason in making the game safer, but I do see some issues with the proposal to ban this technique. I know there are times when the tackler intentionally swings his legs to the runner, but can the officials determine intent? I think it would be very challenging for officials to properly officiate this call. G-O-O-G-L-E dot com. Hip drop tackle. Do you know how long it takes me to answer these questions? I do this column once a month. Excuse me. My assistant does this column once a month. And instead of going to Google, which I am doing right now, there it is. A hip drop tackle technique involves a defender holding onto the hips or upper body of the ball carrier and lifting their own legs off the ground, dropping their body weight onto the ball carrier's legs or feet. You see, I just cut and paste in my question what I read on Google. I am Mark Murphy, the president of an NFL franchise, the one without an owner. If you want to know what a hip drop tackle is, don't email me. Uh, Patrick from Murfreesboro, Tennessee says, what do you think of the rugby style push play? Seems to me it creates too much advantage for the offense. It's boring to watch and is a recipe for eventual injuries. Will the NFL Rules Committee address this issue? Uh, Murphy says, have you been reading my emails, Patrick? I raised this issue with the league regarding potential rule changes. I agree completely with your assessment of the play. Also, more and more teams are using it. The Eagles used it more than maybe any other team. And it looked to me like it was almost automatic. Last year, teams picked up first downs 90% of the time on this play. In addition, Sean Payton said he would regularly use the play on third and fourth and one. I hope the play is banned. Have you been reading my emails, Patrick? Probably because I guarantee you my email with the Packers 
is some variation of either mark.murphy at packers.com or mmurphy at packers.com. There's no way it's not one of those two. We all know it. Are we complaining about teams going for it on third and fourth and one? Now, would you rather see a punt? Is that what you want? Look, it's fourth and one. What do you you want him to do? What we do? Toss the ball backwards three yards to A.J. Dillon? Or would you rather see smart teams actually run it up the middle, something our quarterback is afraid to do? Uh, This one's from Terry and Rothschild. Last one. He says, I always enjoyed getting autographs on the tailgate tour, donating many of them to my church benefit auction. Why no autographs on the 2023 tour? Uh, Mark responds, there are a couple issues involved here, Terry. We found that many of the people getting autographs on the tailgate tours were collectors looking to make money by selling the autographs, not donating them to church benefit auctions like you. Also, we found that the signings were taking two or more hours. We didn't think was the best use of our players and alumni's time. Now we have them sign a number of footballs while on the bus and give the footballs to charitable organizations at each stop. This allows us to have more times for questions for our players and alumni. Additionally, Terry, our community outreach team is a program through which it donates items to eligible organizations to use in benefit auctions or raffles. I suggest your church apply for a donated item through our online portal of which I am including the link. I'm seeing right through you, Terry. Oh, I go go to tailgate tours. Oh, I I swear I'm doing it for my church benefit auction. Terry, why do I guess you haven't been inside a church since you were dumped in water as a baby? Okay. Nice scam. Here's the link. I know you'll never go to it because you're, you're lying. You're one of these nasty collectors that are hoping to get in line on our tailgate tour and get an autograph of Ha Ha Clinton Dix and or Devon House. You want a Devon House? You want a Devon House autograph so bad? Scribble the name Devon House on a piece of paper. I'm sure you can get five bucks for it. Trust us, no one will know the difference. Fuck all y'all, bitches! Evil Mark Murphy. Great to have him back. All right. Uh, that's that's what it is. That's the segment. That's the segment. We used to do a bunch on the uh, air. Um, this is a great podcast. There's something for everyone. And let's continue that with baseball. I got another big segment coming up. Evan Drellick. Evan Drellick helped break the story with Ken Rosenthal about the Astros cheating scandal. And he's got a book out, Winning Fixes Everything, where he talks about it. So I had the opportunity to talk to him, uh, and then we talked about some of the baseball new rules. I did cut this down. like I I played half of this on CBS over the weekend. So if if you're a Bart diehard and you heard me Saturday at 7 o'clock at night play this, thanks, man. That's really cool. But uh, this is me and Evan Drellich talking just baseball, and, you know, we kind of got into it the same way. He's got some interesting thoughts on the Hall of Fame and PEDs, and uh, I actually was a little surprised by some of the stuff he said regarding that. But 
he's a good dude and he gave us uh well, he gave me but i say us he gave us some time he gave us some time over the weekend and this is evan drellich of the athletic evan drellich joining us he uh longtime mlb writer now and has gotten into the book game the book is winning fixes everything subtitle how baseball's brightest minds created sports biggest mess so it's it centers around the astros and the cheating scandal back in in 2017 the astros are a very interesting team to me and this this cheating scandal is very interesting to me because it happened and then we found out a few years later and then i remember in 2020 i'm in milwaukee so in 2020 the astros were not scheduled to come to milwaukee but they were scheduled to come to chicago to play Mm -hmm. the white Sox. and i was going to get a bunch of people down from the radio station and, and boo the Astros. I and mean, it was going to be crazy because we were so upset. But were we upset? I feel like, I kind of feel like the Astros got away with this. You know, I know that some of the some of the guys in the managerial roles were suspended and, and stepped down or didn't take jobs. But in terms of the players, they've been, they haven't, since 2017 when they won, they haven't not made the ALCS minimum any year. They've been to the World Series three more times. They won it last year. And it feels like, oh, the Astros did this. They cheated. But it's still not as bad as PDs. It's still not as bad as, you know, other things. So your response to, I feel like the Astros kind of got away with this. Yeah, you know, it's one of the things that the commissioner, uh, Rob Manford, said. You know, he When he decides not to punish the players, we can go into why that is. Uh, that you know there is a form of punishment involved with simply the finding the association with this I, I think he's actually partially right that the fact that this follows people forever that they do get booed that people were making plans to go boo them and then eventually when people are allowed to go back into baseball stadiums uh, they still do boo them you know it's it's not as though this doesn't exist in these players lives it, that it's like forgotten uh, but i also understand the the argument of well they should have gotten xyz number of games as an actual suspension and you know the commissioner's office was not in a position to punish because they hadn't given notice to the players union earlier of hey if this happens we're going to punish in a certain way why didn't they do that because they didn't realize how big the problem was getting and they didn't realize that if they were in a situation where you had a team-wide cheating scandal, it might look really bad if you don't punish the players um, directly. And so, you know, I I don't think it's totally right that they got off with nothing. I mean, there, there's definitely an association that these guys are always going to have. But I am empathetic to people saying, well, they should have been formally suspended. And then you arrive at actually an interesting discussion of, well, how do you assign the number of games in a team-wide cheating scandal? Do the hitters get more than the pitchers? Does it matter if you're one of the people who started the scheme? Does it matter if you're a hitter who didn't use the scheme as much as other hitters? What about players who pitchers who didn't use it but um, you know still benefited from the results? How do you break that down? It's it's a tricky question uh, that the league didn't have to answer, but maybe someday, maybe another team. Well, and two. Uh we might not know the extent of the punishment for the players. I mean, that could be a hall of fame discussion. And I know that 
when guys are associated, if they even were like, uh, like assumed to take PEDs, you're not getting in. I mean, it's, it's been decided you're not getting in. Sorry. I don't know if some of these guys that might be hall of fame eligible and we won't know, we won't know until, until we see that. But I just, it still seems to me like somebody like a, you know, Fernando Tatis, right. He had the PED uh, situation that is going to be a bigger stain than the cheating scandal with the Astros because it is, it's, it's too, I don't know. I just think in baseball PEDs is like the line you don't cross. And this it's, I mean, in a way, it's almost kind of like funny and clever what they did. Yeah, I, it, it the the extension of the previous discussion is well, how do Hall of Fame voters treat ch- team wide cheating as compared to individual cheating? Right, it's easier with PEDs because yeah, okay, it's an individual thing, so you did it or you didn't do it or you think somebody did it, and you make your votes that way. But, you know, what a guy like Jose Altuve, who is widely said and understood to not have been a prime user of the banging scheme, the garbage can scheme. There is an anecdote in my book where late in the 2017 season, the Astros are about to go back home. And Altuve is excited that they're going back home because home is where the, the garbage can system was. And, he, you know, he, he says, um, you know, we're going to get back to the boom, 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 makes little noises. And. You know, so he didn't use it right, but he's still benefiting from it. And and based on my reporting, showing some enthusiasm for it. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the hall. Uh, we saw Carlos Beltran on the ballot this year. Obviously, he didn't get in on, on the first try. Maybe he eventually does. You know, do people hold it over them as a first ballot thing and then later on? But, you know, is individual cheating like necessarily worse than, than team-wide cheating? I think you can make an argument that a group collectively cheating is worse. Um, but these are all, you know, these are for the philosophers among us. Uh, I actually am, am hall eligible. I was hall eligible to vote for the first time this past year. I didn't vote. I don't know that I'm ever going to vote. Um, and I don't, you know, not in the heads of all the other, you know, several hundred voters, but, uh, yeah. If you were somebody who stood there and said, I don't like these PD people shouldn't get in then well what about when it's a team cheating effort it's 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 tricky stuff would that preclude you like is that an automatic i would not vote for them you know you mean you mean if i was voting would i vote for the astros yeah if i were a voter i i think i would say this in general i, I do think the hall should be looked at as a privilege. And so if people have been shown, <clears throat> I, I, you know, I honestly haven't thought about it much in, in terms of the Astros. I've more thought about it in terms of PEDs. I'm somebody who got into the sport in 1998. I'm, you know, when we talk about Bud Selig and steroids, bringing people to baseball. I'm literally that person. Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you. Baseball was my first love. Um, in 1994, I was 10. So they go on strike. This is a concept right. I can't understand. The, my favorite sport, the players aren't playing for money. But, Daddy, this is just a game. I don't get it. So I'm out. I don't watch baseball for four years. When do I come back? McGuire so So, right. uh, hey, take all the PEDs you want. It made the sport cool. Right. I, I am not 
probably if I were voting and, and I reserve the right to change my mind on this, I reserve the right to change my mind on whether I vote at all. And right now I have no plans to vote. Um, I would probably not vote for PED guys on the feeling. I, I think the arguments that, um, well, if, if people aren't in the hall of fame, you know, it's a museum and then the children won't know about baseball. How many people actually visit the Hall of Fame? It, it's not it, it, this notion that like. <laughs> I guess that's a good point. I, I always say I don't want to go to the Hall of Fame, then go back in my car and then go on Wikipedia and show my kid. Well, here's Pete Rose. Here's Barry Bonds. But you're right. I will probably never take him to the Hall of Fame. It's it right. It, it, it's it's put on a pedestal in so many people's minds as like this thing that really is determinant and matters. Um, I, it's just my personal definition of the Hall of Fame. At the moment, with the right to reserve, and again, I haven't voted, no plan to vote, uh, would be that you're not rewarding bad behavior. That, that That's not something we should be uh, rewarding. Um, but that's me. And, you know, I, I, I get the other side of the coin. I, it's not that I don't intellectually understand the other side of the coin. It's just um, that's where I would come down at the moment but reserving the right to change. So I don't know what I would do with the Astros. I I'm, I'm I, in, in a way, what I'm saying is I want to stay away from it. I think, I think the whole process of me as a reporter, putting my name behind somebody else behind their credibility. I don't know who these people are. You know, I don't know what's going to come out after the fact about any given individual. Uh, the hall of fame offers really scant guidance on what to do with these situations. So the writers end up just being a shield for the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I think there's enough reason in this world for people to attack media and reporters anyway. <laughs> if, if I'm going to get people yelling at me for, for me doing my job, I'd rather it be for me doing, you know, actual reporting than, um, you know, who I voted for or didn't vote for. It's just a sport now. It's just votes come out and then everybody just attacks the, the, the writer. Oh, you're an idiot. There's enough of that in the world. Um, so it's it's... I'm trying. I'm kind of trying to beg off of it because it's not. I don't like anything about this process at all. I, I really don't. And um, you know, so let other people figure that out. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm having a coughing attack. <laughs> I'll edit this out. That's all right. No, it's good. It's good. People like that. Oh, actually, I probably won't. I'll probably just keep it in. I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, that's kind of my show. Evan Drellick is here again. The book winning fixes everything. Uh, one more thing on the book and, and the Astros. Then I'll ask you about, you know, where we're at with baseball. It's kind of weird because I'm not sure they needed to cheat. Like the Astros are good. They're a good team. I just said their accolades. They've been good for so long. Also, I'm one of these guys where I think cheating is a there's a there's a thin line between gaining an edge and what strategy and then cheating. You know what I mean? So I guess we've decided that, you know, using that in the bang is. But if you figure out the, guy, the guy's tipping his pitches, like, you know, what's coming. Is, is that cheating? If you figure out a tell, is that cheating? No. But this seems to have crossed the line. So I'm. Guys are people are always trying to find ways to game the system and to try to gain advantages. I just wonder how far over the line this was because when I first found out about it, I thought it was clever, and then everyone decided it was cheating. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's cheating, but 
I thought it was kind of ingenious, to be honest. I know that's weird to say. Yeah, I, th- I think it's right to say that the the, the line between innovation and, and cheating c- can be a little hazy, um, that there are things we, you know, reward as being ingenious. Um, I, I think in the case of what the Astros were doing, though, when, when, you, when you kind of, you know, you spend a tiny bit of time on it. It also didn't cost my team. Like, they didn't play against my team. So it 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 didn't cost me anything. It was totally off the field, right? It it, it is, it is, like, I remember my reaction. So Ken Rosenthal and I break the story. Um, And then that same day, John Boy puts out video, you know, confirming everything in the story. And there was a clip of Alex Bregman. I think it was like an 0-2 pitch for a a curveball. Should go back and watch it because I keep referencing this, but um, you know, hits a home run, but and you hear the you know the bang right before it. Uh, and I remember being pretty viscerally moved by that, by like, whoa, like he knew what was coming, and, and it goes to the heart of like, are we watching a competition between people on the field, or is this electronics off the field? And yeah, Bregman still had to connect with the pitch, still actually had to hit the thing, but you know, it I, I think it really does strike at the the heart of competition in sports when you have off the field electronics and this whole setup to influence very directly what's going on on the field. um, You know, so I, I, on one hand, I understand what you're saying about, yeah, no, people are always going to try to get an edge. That is true. There will be more cheating in baseball someday. uh, And, you know, there'll be more scandals someday on, on who knows what topic, but, what you know? What the Astros were doing is being kind of flagrant and egregious. Uh, I certainly see that, and I think most people do. Um, you know, in the sport and and maybe outside the sport as well. Now you mentioned '98. Uh, you know, when what got you into baseball? But there's also you know things I remember about uh, baseball that have kind of been taken away because of the let's say analytics. But you know, you watch some of these at bats. And from the last five years, and it looks like when you see the camera on the batter, you're like, oh, I know where that's going. That's going right through the gap. And then you see the field and there's a guy standing perfectly there. And I've always been against the banning of a shift because I like for games to naturally progress. Okay, the defense has figured out what to do. And now it's up to the batters and the offense to figure out how to counter that. Well, baseball doesn't want to do that. They're going to ban the shift. It's, you know, it's kind of weird having this conversation because they're trying, they're doing a lot at once. So I think they should have, if they're going to ban the shift because they want more action. Okay. Let's see if that works. And then maybe do this pitch clock thing. Cause the pitch clock thing, it's going to make you feel like more action, but the stats I've seen from the minor leagues where it was used, it's still basically the same amount of hits per game. It's still basically the same amount of strikeouts and runs per game. It's just, it, it's going faster. So I'm, I'm for more action. I don't necessarily want the games to be shorter. I'm I'm fine with a three-hour game. I'm I'm fine with a three-and-a-half-hour game, especially if I'm going to the park. Like, we may not go to the Hall of Fame, but I'm going to that baseball park as much as I can. I don't want to get there late. All of a sudden, it's a third inning. I get a chance to buy maybe one beer, and then the game's over in an hour and a half since I got there. So they're throwing a lot at you, and I guess will baseball in 2023 – ultimately better be a better product than in 2022 you know i don't know that anybody has this answer yet 
because for all the testing you can do in the minor leagues, you know, it is a different environment. I, the commissioner had a press conference in Florida I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And I, I asked, is, is there a risk here? Is there a risk that these things don't work out? And he, I actually think to his credit, acknowledged it. Yeah, no, there is a risk here. Uh, that it's not a guarantee that it, it's going to go perfectly. It is a lot of different things at once. You wonder how the umpires are going to keep up, how the pitch clock keepers are going to keep up. I mean, it, there's something's going to go wrong at some point here, right? There's going to, there's already been some controversy in spring training. And then when the stakes get real in the regular season, something goes wrong and who knows, maybe something goes wrong in the postseason, and, you know, you have a game end on a, a violation of some sort and, and that's going to annoy a lot of people. I hope these go well because I do think the product needs to be better. Uh, I am myself less interested in the, action on the field i mean some of this is just nature of my job function but some of it is the game just isn't quite as interesting these days when it's you know baseball beautiful wonderful game that it is was not a perfectly designed game where you know you couldn't game the system where, where people couldn't figure out okay what is most valuable well if home runs are really most valuable then swing for the fences boys and the strikeouts are fine to go along with that and you know, so why aren't people beating the shift more? Well, because beating the shift more means giving up going for home runs and doubles. It means I'll take the little opposite field single. Um, and, you know, some guys try to do that. But at the end of the day, the chance of you hitting that home run, at least in the eyes of most teams and, and maybe mathematically as well, is still more valuable, right? So, so they're not going to move away from it unless you force them to. So I, I do think the game needs – to be faster. I, I used to love uh, the, the sense that I don't know when the game's going to end, you know, the, the extra, extra innings and, you know, we're in the 14th. Whoa, this is wild. And staying hours at the ballpark. I think as now I get older. Um, yeah. I don't mind a game, maybe having a shot to finish under three hours rather than, uh, you know, three and a half. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm hopeful they work. It's not a guarantee all of this works, but I think it's overall good that baseball is trying. In the absolute worst case scenario, what do you do? You scrap it. You revert back. You know, I, um, I do. I'm a generally a roll the dice guy with something like this. I, I think you should try, as long as you've taken the steps to to, you know, implement properly, and you know, we'll we'll see if MLB did that. I just kind of feel like baseball. Yeah, I, I was listening to uh, a basketball game. This just happened the other night. So there's a basketball game on the radio, and a commercial came on, and it was Bob Euchre for like sausage or whatever. But it was a younger Euchre. It wasn't, I mean, Euchre still sounds great, the voice guy for the Brewers, of course, but it was a younger Euchre. And you can tell the, the difference in his voice. And it took me back to being younger. And at a time when baseball, I don't know, I feel like baseball's in a weird spot where it's always going to be chasing a problem and we always want it to be what it was when we loved it as kids. So we always want that nostalgia. We always want that innocence, that purity. And then at the same time, if they fix this problem, well, then there's the salary cap issue and there's how 20 teams aren't very competitive. I also think it's kind of a problem that the playoffs are as big as they are. 
you play 162 games and like credit the Astros, like we've been talking about, they, they, it's been ALCS. That's been their, their minimum, but for like the brewers, they are just like, let's just roll the dice. Well, you know, we'll try to get in bites of the apples, the catchphrase. And that doesn't motivate them to have the best team. And even if they have the best team, they might have a cold week and then you're done. You, you, you play 162 games, you have a cold weekend and then, and then you're done. So I feel like baseball is, it's always going to be trying to chase the future and trying to fix problems, but it's just such a like nostalgic sport that we're also going to be trying to change the past. I don't know if there's a question in there, but I'm sure you have a thought or. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I think as an overall that people will always look back, you know, it, one of the things that's interesting about baseball consumption, and this is based on the league and some outside studies, but I, I have no reason to doubt it's true is that baseball fans typically it's kind of a U-shape uh, for fandom over time. So often people are fans as kids when they, you know, hit, uh, uh, you know, adulthood, early adulthood, maybe have families, professional pursuits. They drift away from the game, and then later in life they come back. And so you, you it, it lays the groundwork for this cycle of, well, I don't care about baseball as much as I used to. You know, every generation as they start to age – and then as they get older, they have more money. Maybe they have more time, retire, uh, you know, put on the ball game again, and, and maybe you get more back back into it. Um, so I think that that's right that, that people are always chasing nostalgia, particularly with baseball. I also think in this case, it, it is it is very easy to clearly see that the game has definitively changed, you know, in comparison to the first, you know many decades of the sport, right? The baseball in the, in the last 10, 15 years, the money ball influence, you know, the, the, the big data analytics influence changes the way the game is played. I think more aggressively or, or more noticeably aesthetically than had been the case before. Yeah. And even the skill of the players, like they, it's almost like uh, we've conquered, like humans have conquered baseball. By agree with being that. able to throw a hundred and the timing is better. Like everything's better. Like if you would show guys back in the 1940s, what their game would look like in 80 years, they'd be like, well, shit, I can't compete with this. Right. And I, and I think it's, it's, you know, games when they, when they get figured out, aren't quite as fun. I, I remember I used to play a lot of Madden and in Madden 03, there was a goal line defense. You could use, I think it was Madden 03. It was a goal line defense you could use that, that was basically just a really effective blitz, and you could use it on any play. You know, then Vic in, in Madden 04, not, not to go too deep into an old video game rabbit hole here, but, you know. And then it, I would always do the play where the running back would angle out and then come in. I mean, my running backs would have 60 catches a game, and I'd win 60 to 5. Right, and so it's fun for a bit, but at a certain point, if you, you know, it it takes a, it's removing some of the mystery and the possibility of something else working, uh, you know, isn't always the best, the best thing for, for a sport or competition. I mean, the, 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 when I was growing up, when you were growing up, guys throwing 99, there was a mystique to that. He hit a hundred. Whoa. You know, Joel Zemaya, Billy Wagner. I mean, you can name the guys who were doing it. It wasn't many people that were hitting a hundred and now it's so common and it, it almost takes away some of the, the mystique around it and the other problem is 
teams are going through these relievers so quickly. You know, it's this nameless, faceless parade of young guys throwing 100. You know, entertainment in general, you, you want a cast of characters that people know storylines with, right? Like back in the day, um, 20 years ago, maybe not even, starting pitching was a heavyweight billing. It was, oh, Roger Clemens squaring off with, uh, oh, you know, Roy Halladay or Randy Johnson or, you know, Kurt Schilling. Look, whoa. Um, and now it's, you know, four or five innings. Everybody's max effort. Um, it's the, and the parade of people, you don't get to know these people as well. And I think it just becomes a little bit less compelling a product overall. I, that's my feeling, but you know, somebody could disagree with me. They'd be wrong, but they, they could disagree with me. <laughs> That's uh, that's my line. I like that. Evan Drellick, again, the book is Winning Fixes Everything, How Baseball's Brightest Minds Created Sports' Biggest Mess. Uh, now with The Athletic, of course, so do read his work there. Evan, good to talk to you. A good conversation. Always fun to talk baseball. And uh, continue continue your efforts on the book tour. And uh, appreciate your time. Thanks, Bart. Appreciate it. And there you have it. One of our more ambitious shows. Little something for everybody. Cody Rhodes, Evil Mark Murphy, Evan Drellick. How about that? Uh, we do have another Bucks live and I guess Badgers live coming up on Wednesday night. No, Bucks play tonight, Tuesday against the Magic. Oh, I know my air. I thought it was going to be a Bucks and Panthers live, but. As we talked earlier, Milwaukee Panthers, not a good end of the season. Good season, but rahaf. So we'll do a Bucks Magic post game Tuesday night on YouTube. That'll serve as Wednesday's show. We've got some mm-hmm, mm-hmm coming back this week with our dear friend Paul Imig. Bucks and Nets on Thursday. We'll do a show after that. And uh, coming up on Monday, we'll know about the brackets and there'll be a lot to talk about bucks of the warriors maybe do something for that so there's a lot coming up in terms of sports and we'll see what the badgers do this week thought we might get three teams in there but now we might only get one gotta kind of hope for two at this point thanks everybody for listening like and subscribe uh if you listen to the podcast go on youtube and watch some of the interviews uh because I fractioned it out for like every thousand views that my videos get. I make like 12 to 13 cents. So if you want to support the podcast, uh, click on the ads <laughs> on YouTube and then, and then buy whatever insurance that they're trying to sell you. All right. And Omaha steaks. All right. See ya.